Welcome back to Blazers and Flagpins. This is Hallie Thompson, and I am running for U.S. House of Representatives in Missouri's 4th Congressional District. And it's my pleasure to have with me today on the show Ayanna Shivers, and she's running for Senate here in Missouri. And I'll give it over to Ayanna to give a little introduction about her district and herself and sort of her short spiel about what she's about. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on the show and coming to my headquarters today. You know, we're excited about just opening it. So you're one of the first week of people that have opened, you know, came through our doors. Um, so my name is Ayanna Shivers. I'm running for District 10 in Missouri, and that is comprised of Audrain, Callaway, Lincoln, Monroe, Montgomery, and Warren counties. Mm-hmm. Um, I am running against an incumbent. Uh, and let's see, what's a little bit about myself you mm-hmm. wanted to know? So I was born and raised in Mexico, Missouri. Um, graduated, went to its public schools, and was really proud of the education that I received there. Um, it enabled me to get a full ride scholarship and attend some really cool um, events when I was growing up. Um, what else? I was grown, born in, I was raised in a union home. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was, worked, was part of IBEW. He worked for Missouri Power and Light slash later also known as American, I mean, Amron UE, mm-hmm. and now Amron. Um, and one of the things he instilled in us when we were younger was the importance of having a voice and being able to have a group or an organization that can advocate. Mm-hmm. And um, that was something that was really instilled in me at an early age. And so it was really cool, 25, you know, after returning to Mexico, 20, after being gone for 25 years. Um, and wanting and desiring to make a difference that now and I'm getting to run for um, the seat. Currently, I actually sit on Mexico, Missouri City Council, and that has been really unique experience and definitely I've learned a lot there and I've enjoyed it. So what is the district number for this? And tell me a little bit more about so the portion of the district that's more rural and agrarian versus the portion that's that's more urban. So like how many kind of population centers are there? Because I know, you know, we're sitting right here in your headquarters in Mexico. But. <laughs> right. And Mexico is probably the third, if I'm not mistaken, it's around the second or third largest okay. town in the district. So our big metropolises in District 10 would be Fulton, mm-hmm. Troy, and Mexico. Okay. Those are your three really big ones. Yeah. And then you start getting a little bit smaller, but um, I think pretty impactful will be the Warrington Wright City area. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and that's a sprawling area, too, outside of exactly. St. Louis over there, definitely. So, you know, I know a little bit about how much you've developed these, you know, advocacy skills throughout your life from your family and being able to stick up for yourself and others, but I'm kind of curious, you know, what made you run? You know, what was that spark? <laughs> what made me run? That is funny. Well, it started in September. I believe it was around September. We were having an event at Missouri Military Academy where I work. And you did a podcast with Jamie Blair, who's running for State Rep 43, who also works there. And we were at the homecoming weekend. And she comes up to me. And uh, as you may know, she also is very active in the Democratic Party. Yes. And she said, I'm responsible for finding a candidate to run for the state Senate District 10. And she said, Ayana, you're the person that I thought of to ask because you're a pastor, you're an educator. 
and I think you have a shot at it. And I looked at her like she was crazy. <laughs> and I said, I'll think about it. And she let me know at that time. She said, you know, I've already prepared. I did my research. I've learned that it takes people about nine times to be asked before they'll finally go ahead and say it. And so so I did she prepared. keep asking you? So no, she <laughs> let me know that she was prepared if I said no, that I wasn't. it wasn't going to be a one-and-done deal. And so... I really, you know, I had to go home. I prayed about it. I thought about it. And I said, it was always something that I wanted to do. And I was interested in state and even greater one day. Um, and I just decided that that was an avenue that was opening. So around late December, early January, I finally decided. I also had talked, I talked with my boss and different things to see what type of support networks I would have. Um, not an endorsement, but... To say, would there be a possibility of me being able to do both? And everything yeah. seemed aligned. Awesome. Well, it does take someone asking or encouraging and supporting. And glad that Jamie was that person for you. Yes. So, well, so happy. excited. Yeah, and I was happy to have her on the show uh, so early on. I asked her. Yeah. I think I didn't get to know her very much before that, and so uh-huh. I actually kind of got to know Jamie like through being on Blazers and Flagpins, which was awesome. Uh, and so I was like learning her story as as she was nervously interviewing on this show, which was which was lovely. Um, but you know, I'm gonna dig in a little bit more on some of some of your messaging for the campaign because this is a this is a tough district. Um, I know that I know that suburb area of St. Louis fairly well, and I mean it's it can be spread out and difficult to knock doors over there. So I'm curious about you know strategy, but also messaging for the campaign, how you're getting out there. All right. Well, we're in the beginning stages. You know, I have a great campaign manager, Tanner, and his strength is the field, the field work, and that's what he's passionate about. It's the knocking doors. It's doing the call time. It's and so what we've started doing now is really getting our team together and looking at the district and looking at what numbers. Our initial strategy is going to be start small, go big. Um, and realizing that a lot of it's going to be us getting in front of the voters. Um, That's my main thing. I'm a people person. So anything that I do, whether it's when I'm pastoring or whether I'm working in the school, no matter where I am, I like to talk. And so Mm -hmm. I'm excited about going there. And that's what we've been also doing early on is we've been meeting with unions. We've been meeting. I've been going to a lot of different um, organizations and speaking, and uh, we're going to be hosting very soon, shortly, we're going to start having people host Shiver Socials. So I like that. Um, that. That'll be a time where if a person knows, let's say 10 or 15 people, they can identify maybe a local cafe, a McDonald's, a Hardee's, wherever in their community, and they say, I'm bringing my friends here, or I want you to drop by our house. And it's a time that they'll advertise it, and hopefully some other people might just drop in to get to ask questions, to let me know what are their issues, what are what are their concerns in their neighborhoods, because it's crazy to think that every community has the same priorities and the mm-hmm. same train of thought, even though there are some similarities. Yeah, we can get caught up in that thinking so easily, because oh, yeah. you know it's simple just to say, well, I already know the district, you know, and I I can do this and I can message a certain way because. I grew up here, and we share that, having grown up in our district, so it's an easy thing to fall into. Yeah, and so you have to be very careful, and one of the things that I like to tell people, um, I may have an idea, or I might have 
an opinion on some things. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to once elected, I have to understand I represent the the constituents. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to butcher the uh, Latin, but (laughs) one of the things that I like about the state motto, and I think it ties very well into what my uh, little slogan is, people, not politics, Mm -hmm. is knowing that the welfare of the people is the supreme law. And that's what our state of Missouri, I think, sometimes has shied away from. And that's one of the things that we're trying to make sure that we put back. Absolutely. Yeah, people over power, people over profit, and people over politics. All of those things. Exactly. People have to be first. Yes, I love that. Yeah, And alliterations make everything better. Exactly. <laughs> the things that we, we think alike. We think alike on that. <laughs> that is my formula for life, basically. <laughs> Um, but, you know, uh, with, with the campaign, I understand. I mean, it's so hot right now in Missouri, too. And if you're doing a lot of field stuff and events and going out, um, I don't know if you've been knocking any, any doors, but I was out the other weekend. It was like 102 heat index, and I kept almost like, oh, I have to go back and get some water. I'm about to pass out. Um, so have you been doing any rural door knocking or in your we more larger cities? The, we have not started the door knocking okay. yet. It's almost too hot right now. <laughs> yes, and the the good news is we don't have the primary. Right. And so... Your timeline is expanded. My timeline is expanded mm-hmm. for that. And we wanted to make sure that we also had adequate time to actually train our volunteers. Yes. Because you just don't want to ha- gather a group of people and say, go knock doors. You want to make sure that they understand what the message is. Mm-hmm. I want them to know, you know, these are the four things that we want to focus on yeah. in this campaign, which is education, health care, livable wages, and bringing back those safe communities, what I like to call them, that I remember growing up. The type of community where you didn't mind sending your child across town on their bike or walking or going to the neighbors. You didn't worry that something bad was possibly gonna happen because you had an idea of who your neighbors and stuff were and trying to bring that understanding and I guess even that community back to our communities. Yeah. So those issue areas, have you been developing them through these meetings you've been having, through the socials, or were those things that you already knew when you decided to run whenever Jamie was like, I'm going to ask you nine times to run, (laughs) and you thought about it. Were those issues you already knew were going to be really important for the district? Those are issues. They're things that we see or we hear about when I go to municipal league meetings when you know, we're looking at various things at city council. Yeah. They start coming to the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start seeing it. You hear it when you're a part of the community. You know, I live in Mexico, but I pastor in Montgomery. And so there are some subtle differences, but you hear the conversations. It's, you know, the things that you hear when you go to Walmart and you're talking to the person in front of you in line. Just because you decided you wanted to start strike up a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I love that. <laughs> but the, and that's really what I do a lot of times mm-hmm. is it's random people that you meet that you start talking to that if you give them that ear mm-hmm. and they realize somebody is listening and hearing what they're saying mm-hmm. um, that they share. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important, not just the theater of listening, but actually listening. Yeah. I pride myself being a school counselor. <laughs> Active listening. <laughs> so it is a professional skill for you. It's a professional <laughs> skill. I love that. That's that's so important. Um, and so uh, the training of volunteers is something that I, I want to talk about a little more because I've worked on campaigns in the central Missouri area, and you know you see all kinds of different approaches towards it, right? 
Um, there are ways to train, and then there's sometimes we're having door knocking and come on out, you're my friend, basically, uh, which can be easy sometimes if you know the candidate really well if you're friends with them. Um, so I'm curious on if you're taking any innovative approaches for that um, or if you have any perspectives uh, that, that you want to share about training well, volunteers. Well, one of the things is, you know, Tanner's going to take the lead on the content. Mm-hmm. So we're wanting to make sure that they understand BAM. They, we want to make sure that they understand who I am as a candidate. Um, I probably will have a little bit more to say because actually I have my edu- my PhD is in education. My emphasis was in adult education and how do you get people to understand the need to know the information that you want to share. So the facilitation of our volunteer trainings is something that I'm really uh, passionate about and making sure that we don't overstep our bounds and thinking and not taking in consideration what they already bring to the table mm-hmm. and you know for doing that so so again it's more conversational it's more conversational yeah. i believe in being the facilitator approach so especially when you're dealing with primarily adults and you know i'm excited i have some young people who are excited about joining the campaign trail and so that'll be a unique situation too oh, yeah. so and I'm hopefully excited. they have new shoes and they can knock as many doors and walk as many sidewalks that's it <laughs> that is it be right along beside me or dragging me, whatever the case may be. <laughs> Have you in like a wheelbarrow? <laughs> Maybe not. I think I need to look like I'm walking. You know, I'd like to think that I'm younger than I am, so. There are some days where I can't even get up and walk to different doors. Oh my, today's one of those for me. <laughs> it's too hot. Even on the road. Oh, goodness. Well, you know, something that I enjoy talking about when I'm on the campaign trail is, you know, it's so serious all the time. You're in meetings and you're talking to people about issues. And of course, you know, we're trying to trying to do things that are really serious and solve issues that affect people very, very deeply. But things happen that are, you know, silly or particularly enjoyable. And there's always something on the campaign trail like that. And I'm curious if anything comes to mind for you that, that surprised you along the campaign trail. Hmm. I can't say anything's really so surprised me. Well, you're no it's, pro over here because you've been on the municipal board. <laughs> it's it's just, it's definitely different. Um, I didn't realize how many miles I was going to put on my car. Mm-hmm. That surprises <laughs> me. How but, many? Have you counted exactly? I lost track. <laughs> you know, I'm about to go, I'm logging everything, but I need to just tally everything. You know, I realized in a you know week one week I made I think two trips to Jefferson City a couple of trips to Fulton and one trip to Lincoln County and that was when I was still working full-time so these were like after work Mm -hmm. so I get off at five o'clock in the afternoon and then I had a six or seven o'clock appointment in various parts of my district my goodness and so that I think is the most surprising part I guess or I didn't think about it. It shouldn't be surprising. I just wasn't putting it in perspective. When you plan the whole campaign out at the beginning, as I'm sure you did, um, I know you're a planner. <laughs> you were like, I don't think I'm going to drive 27,000 miles. <laughs> right. I did not think about that. I did. You know what? No. I think probably the coolest thing that I did since I joined the campaign is actually purchase a good pair of tennis shoes. Mm. Because I hate tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And so, usually my tennis shoes last forever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I went and purchased a 
good pair of tennis shoes and I spout I would never pay that much for a pair of tennis shoes but they're an hopefully, investment hopefully these hokas will be amazing <laughs> very good well keep me updated I'm curious about oh. that everyone has their own little brand of shoe and thing they think is perfect for canvassing so and I'm Birkenstocks all the way so <laughs> so uh, something that that we share running for office and I know you know, at the federal level and even here in Missouri, this is something that can be challenging is being a woman and getting into politics and all of the little side things uh, and challenges that go along with that. So I'm curious as to your perspective on that and things that you've seen uh, that have been unique challenges. Well, it's interesting in the fact that when I joined the local city council, I was the only woman at the time that I joined, prior to me, there were five men sitting on the council. Mm -hmm. So for me to get elected was amazing. Um, it wasn't something that we would see as often. It wasn't the first time it had happened, but it was, you know, it's something that isn't as common in this area. Mm -hmm. um, the good news is during this election cycle, what we're seeing is the surge. Um, prior to me announced, making my announcement, the pitch out of Kansas City actually did an article and included me they sort of they had their women in politics article and um, I happened to reach out to Tracy Angel who's actually from this area and she realized when I, I told her hey I don't know if you realize this but um I'm about to announce that I'm going to run for state senate mm -hmm. and she's like oh my gosh I am in the brink of about you know we're about to publish this article in the pitch magazine and I'm going to see if my editor will allow me to sort of do an addendum to it and add a section about you running in a rural community as a female. And so it's over there. If you look um, on uh, my literature information page or table in the office, but it's great to know that I'm part of a network of people right now that are running and women taking yeah. their place. So if you want to come see the article, it may be available online, or you can come visit Ayana at her headquarters, headquarters here in Mexico. And we even have extra copies. There you go. Or, I mean... It's on, it's on, if you're on my webpage, it's listed there. Perfect. And so adding to that a little bit is, you know, all of the women that are running uh, nationally and seeing, you know, as we see primaries come in, the success of women nationally. And so how is that, how are you feeling seeing some of these results coming out and yeah. how is that changing your perspective on what the general is going to look like? I don't think it's changing mine too much in the okay. sense that I'm running against a woman so yeah our district is going to have a woman in office either way. Which is awesome <laughs> which is so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. you know but like you said on a national level um, one of my biggest supporters and definitely a person who contributed made one of the biggest contributions is one of my friends out of South Carolina and she called Tuesday, this past Tuesday, to let me know the results of the South Carolina elections and just the excitement of hearing people start talking about what they're seeing. Because um, some of us never thought we'd probably see this in our lifetime, and it's really great to start seeing it come yeah. to fruition. Agreed. It's heartening to see. My um, grandparents uh, in 2016, when Hillary lost, uh, were saddened because they thought they'd never have a chance to see a woman president again and I was just talking to my grandma again two weeks ago and she has hope again to see a woman president which is pretty cool to cool to hear from her oh yeah I think 
I think, like I said, I think um, Hillary, in a sense, opened the ceiling, mm-hmm. broke the ceiling. So we'll see that people will be able to be put on the ballot, that women can be successful mm-hmm. for winning their primaries and getting on the ballot. Um, she just wasn't the right one to actually go in, I guess, um, as you know, the election came. Um, there's always one believe. winner. There's and only one there's loser. Only, there's, <laughs> all, there's only one, and I think that's a lot of that can be attributed also to the fact that um, the last presidential election there was so much apathy about mm-hmm. even going to vote from so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I think is going to help the campaign and even these this off presidential year election is the fact that people are also disheartened about the results. Yeah. Some because of who they voted for. Some are uh, disheartened of who they didn't vote for. And some of them are just disheartened because I just didn't go vote. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we're going to see people realizing, you know, the vote matters. Mm-hmm. I remember when I lost um, city council the first time I ran in 2016. I lost by 18 votes. So less than 1%. And people that I met in the street the next day because they thought it was, you know, oh, I don't need to go out to support it. It'll be fine. Either they thought I was going to win tremendously because I was new. I, you know, some people didn't even realize I had moved back to the area for over a year uh, because my initial, my first year here, I was working out of Moberly. And so my second year, the year that I ran, is when I was actually, I started working in town and I was more visible to locals. And when the results were, you know, announced, people were coming and saying, oh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I didn't make it up there. Mm. You know, so people the next year, they came out in droves and actually, I think it actually pushed the number of people who went out to vote the following year because they realized, you know, it had I taken the time out initially the results probably would have been different. And so I think sometimes the things that happen, like in our last presidential election, is what drives people to understand the importance of their voice and their vote. Yeah. I think it inspired a lot of people to step out and take a risk and run or volunteer or get registered if you've never been registered to vote. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I always say you can't complain if you're not willing to give an opinion or do something about it absolutely so is there anything else you wanted to tell listeners uh any little nuggets or sayings from your campaign as a takeaway well just pretty much if you're in my district and you're wanting to host a shiver socials um give our campaign headquarters a call at 573-975-4424 or you can look us up on Facebook or our uh, website. And we're looking for more volunteers. We're you know, looking for opportunities to come out and meet people. So if you know of a great opportunity for me to come or the local picnic that everyone goes to, but only locals kind of know about, mm-hmm. let me know and I'd be happy to show up. And there's hundreds of those. I'm finding that out quickly. (laughs) Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Ayana. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Well, thanks everyone for joining uh, again with Blazers and Flag Pens. And I will see you next time. I'll be talking to another local candidate about their race, what inspires them, and keeps them going. This podcast has been paid for by Hallie Thompson for Congress.